Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Hello, Stephen. It's Linda Snell, MBE. As a fellow thespian, I'm sure you're aware of my recent mysteries triumph. Time waits for no one, of course, and thoughts must now turn to other events in Ambridge. So could I pencil you in to open our summer fate? My dear Linda, I couldn't think of a greater honour. I really couldn't. I'd be, I'd be following in some pretty amazing footsteps, I think. Her Royal Highness Princess Margaret opened a fate at Ambridge once, didn't she? Unless I'm hopelessly wrong. I take my hat off to you, and I would be honoured to open the face. Oh, so we can take that as a yes, can we, Stephen? If they asked you, would you? Would you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm confused, Jacqueline. Wasn't Linda scrambling around trying to find somebody for, for the fate when she'd forgotten that she already asked Stephen? She was, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Royfield. You must have been. It must have been when you weren't listening, when you were uh, otherwise engaged. Yeah, no, she was. It's not, it's not me. It's Linda's not listening. <laughs> she's completely <laughs> forgotten that she asked Stephen Fry, and he said yes. And then she's going around asking people, "Do you know celebrity?" Mm. He is the ultimate celebrity. He's been on Dum Dee Dum, so he should make the archers. You would have thought. So now we should have the proper official start to this week's Dum Dum. Gracious.
I don't know about you, Jacqueline, but I think that Marie Bray that's doing all these wonderful dummy drums, she's wasting her talent sending them into this old podcast. She needs to be, like, knocking them out in an orchestra or a, a symphonium somewhere. They're, they're blooming awesome. Thank you for that, beautiful, Marie Bray. Beautiful. Now, this dummy dum is sponsored by Bernadette Hawks, who became a new Patreon sponsor this week. We doff our cap to you, Bernadette. Now, to sponsor this podcast, we'll tell you how to become a Patreon sponsor later on in this episode. But, folks... This is Dumby Dum, the show with the reality docudrama drama that is centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the trying to style out Royfield Brown, and today I'm joined by... The raver, that is, Jacqueline Berto in Sanguang. This week's Dumby Dum tune is from Art Marie Bray. And Marie, seriously, with that level of talent that you've got, don't be sending them into this podcast... Do something more worthwhile with your time. But whilst you're slumming it with us, we do appreciate it. That was utterly awesome. And that was inspired by the modern classical composer, Inaldi. Don't really know of his work. Do you, Jacqueline? Yes, I think he's a... I think Ooh. I know a little bit. Italian composer. Mm-hmm. Plays the piano a bit in a bit of a generic way, but that it was beautiful. Thank you, Marie. On this week's episode, we've been lucky enough to hear from our Claire from Clapham. She's back. Rachel from Brum. She's a first-time caller in her with a spoon. His royalty, don't you know? Drew from Tokyo. He's also back. Brian Buggy Swartz, he's back. And, of course, Panto Martin. Plus, we're going to have Tweet of the Week from Purple Pumpkin. And we have the social media roundup from our Sue, Queen, or Tart. We'll also give you the Facebook roundup. We'll be welcoming our new members. We even have emails. Gosh, remember them when people used to send in emails. And we also have reviews. Not one, but two reviews. Crumbs. Jacqueline, we best be brief. It's going to be a bumper, bumper, bumper episode. But first, let's look at the week in Ambridge from Asu, Queen or Tart. Hello lovely people, it's Sue here, Queen or Tart on the Twitters and another week in Ambridge. Well, this week had me wondering if I'm just too old for the archers. After 50 years or so of listening, including whilst in my mother's womb, this is not something, let me assure you, that I would normally think. Sunday had the ghastly party where, unsurprisingly, nobody showed up. Except Chelsea, who stopped thinking that the sun shines out of Steph's posterior. Oh, and the stripper turned up. Oh, and Ben and Beth. It was very predictable that Ben and Steph would end up snogging like a pair of 14-year-olds behind the bike sheds at the school disco. Predictably, Beth walked in on them, and it was like the problem pages in Jackie magazine. I was very sad to discover that that this stopped being published in 1993. And I think we are the worst without it. Because when we had Vince's reaction to his daughters, I think it's really obvious how Steph has turned into a monster. She's never read the Jackie Problem pages and doesn't know what doing your sister over with your boyfriend is going to result in. (laughs) We got jokey baby names for the fraternal twins. Does anybody care? I'm finding it hard. I must be truthful. The social worker is dropping Martha off the case list. This does make some sense if Chris and Alice reunite. But otherwise, don't we think that somebody should be keeping an eye out for her? My goodness, I was so astonished. There was some farming news as well, some tangentially farming news. At some indeterminate point in the future, Grey Gables is going to go back to taking veg and cheese and they could be manufacturing buffalo in fact, using buffalo, to manufacture mozzarella. (laughs) They'll need grazing for the buffalo, but that can all be sorted, apparently. It does all sound very lovely. 
I want to know who in their early 20s wear slingback kitten heels. If you put them into Google, you get eBay people flogging off their old lady shoes and John Lewis's, which I don't think John Lewis's is generally considered to be trendy, though I am now questioning whether trendy is the word that people use about being trendy anymore. Hmm. (laughs) Apparently, raves are still a thing. Wow, I feel really old now. Steph lied about snogging Ben and that they both took two to tango. I wanted to call her a slag. Oh, dear. The following day, Ben and Beth split up for good. She doesn't want to be the brainy one. Believe me, Beth, brainy is good, especially if you compare yourself to your sister. Roy and Kirsty brought things down to a farce with a dinner date with Ardell. I'm not sure who thought it was the date. There was spillage and removed trousers and Ardell is beginning to warm to Ambridge. Helen wanted all the gossip, maybe over a sleepover. Ardell got his sleepover, but only on the sofa after missing his curfew. He's a grown man with a curfew. Hmm. Apparently, he's also new and nice and funny, and if he'd made a move, Kirsty might have been amenable. Ben is sulking like a teenager after he got sent home. Honestly, I could see the pout coming off him through the radio. Apparently, someone callous and selfish broke Ben's trust. Steph, I think they're talking about you, love. Martha's <laughs> going to a body and spirit workout with her Auntie Kate and is being allowed a pyjama party. Poor Martha. Still, it allowed Alice and Chris to go to the ball. Thank goodness that Kenton has put on lovely no-alcohol options these days, named after fairy tales. Hmm, I quite fancy Rapunzel, but I don't think I can go as far as the three little pigs. Kenton, you are a bit of a pillock. And then, oh my goodness, there was the rave. I couldn't tell the difference when the set list changed to one that Russ approved of. It frankly sounded like the worst evening out you could possibly have. I was impressed that Chelsea took a change of clothes, but it was definitely not her first rodeo. Thank goodness it stopped. Let's hope that next week might get us back into adulthood. Till then. (sighs) This last week in Ambridge, we know that, and we talked about this, didn't we, last week, that they need to recruit young blood into fans of all things Ambridge. But I found it very choppy water shall we say this week i don't know about you jacqueline but uh, at one point i, I felt it. old really <laughs> well yeah the mic is yours madame because <laughs> <laughs> just merci monsieur to you. there were lots of things that i hated about it but in fact i think the writers are yeah going for let's attract the young people but by pissing off the old people There were so many tropes about how we as older people see people. Russ was brilliant, absolutely brilliant for his rejection of going to a rave. He did all the things he shouldn't have done, including taking drinks off someone that, or something off someone that he didn't know. And that was a kind of, let's get everybody cheesed off with the, uh, the young people so that we all love the archers. I think you put in the best spin on this humanly possible. Right? I'm a very I, positive person. <laughs> as am I. I'm also, also my ears do not deceive me. Right. When, ah. when, ah. <laughs> I just. So listen, I'm one, sh- one glass of champagne in. Cheers. 
And also, you told me last week I was a bit on the down, so now I'm being on the no, up. Uh, listen, <laughs> uh, listen, I'm glad that you are pro the last week in Ambridge because I'm definitely pro what the producers have said to the script writers and I'm pro that. Inject, inject new blood into Ambridge. There needs to be new characters and they need to be developed. I just think it was gone about in such a cliched, hackneyed, do you actually know any young people way that <laughs> I'm just, bear in mind, I'm 53. Right? So I'm not the target audience in terms of recruiting a new listener to Ambridge because if I'm not listening to it at the age of 53, I'm never going to be listening to The Archers. So I get it. But I do have a little bit of a Peter Pan complex. I do like loud music. I do like clubbing and dancing. And you know what? You do not, in a, at a rave, go up to the DJ and I'll tell him what records to play. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> it was listen, like... I'm I'm 63, and I wouldn't. Well, I would go to a rave. I like dancing. I like making mm-hmm. a lot of noise. I'm very blah blah blah. But going up and asking the the DJ to change uh, the music, if it was at all possible. In fact, I'm I'm absolutely delighted about the rave on Friday in the Arches because we had a rave here in our village last night. Stop it. No, 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 it's true. Sanguin was a rave central. Hey-ho, there were about and 55 nobody, no, of us. <laughs> and nobody tried to get it banned. Well, if they did, they didn't manage it. It was just amazing. Just suddenly about, about 11 o'clock last night, beat, beat, beat started. It was a lot of hairy people in the woods with a, a pack of beer. <laughs> But it was great. We walked up there with the dogs because we always walk the dogs in the evening late. And uh, we stayed for about three hours. It was just all and it was a rave. We loved it. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you what we need to do, right? Because I am going to try, because I am always pro-Ambridge. I'm pro-Borsich. I'm pro whatever they're trying to do. But I struggled with this week. But let's hear what the good, dear, sweet listeners in Dum Dum Land, thought. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, Ambridge3962. First off, it's Brian Holding. Hello, it's Brian. Hope you're well. Yeah, I feel very old this week. Oh, It's obviously all get a younger listenership in week this is, I think. I felt a bit divorced from all that. I don't know what an influencer is. Well, I do know what an influencer is, but I don't care what an influencer is. More, more to the point. And we had two people, two instances where people walked in on people unexpectedly. Obviously, the Ben, Beth and Steph and Kirsty, Ardil and Roy. Second one played for last, which was okay, but too soon after the first one, which was serious. Didn't like that. It's a bit of a, bit of a trope. I do think Ben and Beth will get back together because Beth's been given keys to the Brookfield kitchen. So that's has been cast for her eventual fate i think so yeah i was a bit nonplussed with with all the things going on this week i couldn't get into it but you know you've got to encourage new people to listen so you can't rely on ancient artifacts like me all the time but uh, hope you'll be a bit more spread out next week so all the best for the next week nice to talk to you bye for now bye madam berto you enjoyed ancient... the last week. Yeah, I so... did. Mm, and he's on. an ancient artifact. He admits it, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> he said that. He called himself an ancient artifact. No, Brian, think positive. Go with the young. But here's the thing, though, right? Let's put the rave stuff, Chelsea being wowed by Steph and the parties, put all that to one side, right? Kirsty and Adil. Hot tea on his trousers. Come on now. Yeah, that is a bit of a that is a trope. If you've heard one, it's like a bit a bit like a Brian Ricks farce on the nineteen fifties. Very much Absolutely. my era. Absolutely. Then Roy yeah. walks in. Is like, oh yeah? Oh, you know, please no. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. You grow up. You can't attract young people by using nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties stuff, comedy stuff. Voila. I. And the thing is. We know that they both fancy each other. And yes, I appreciate the slow dance of, you know, two people getting together, not quite feeling confident enough to say, I like you and the first kiss and all of that. But this is tortuous. And no, no, it's not tortuous. It is. It's not. Hot tea (laughs) on your lap. Oh, your trousers. Oh, you know, take them off now. It well, was a very silly, a silly story, re- storyline, really. And who, when you only live in the same village, doesn't go home, has to sleep there because you've exactly. spilled tea on. I suppose there was the whole thing about there's a curfew. Linda's imposed a curfew. But and that is irritating in itself. 
for goodness sake, when I go to the UK, I stay in a lot of B&Bs, love a good breakfast when I'm in the UK, never eat an English breakfast here, but going off to the UK, it's my chance to have eggs and bacon, etc., etc., HP sauce. Never stayed in a B&B that has a curfew ever. They have keypads to get in. Mm-hmm. So you can come and go when you like, but never a curfew. That is so Ambridge. That's so 1960s. That is something that's not in our, of our time. <laughs> Last week's Archers was written by Nyla Ahmed. Now, I, I just think, there's obviously something which we're missing here. I think Nyla was obviously under severe pressure from those people above. And something happened. And then Peter Leslie Wilde directed it. Something happened with Peter. I don't know what happened with Peter, but I'm giving him a pass on this. And Jeremy Howe was just m- missing that in action. I, I, I can honestly say that was one of my least enjoyable weeks listening to The Archers. Oh, Royfield. I, I feel so sorry I, for you. The thing is, you know, as as seasoned listeners of this podcast know, I used to be a DJ. I DJed in clubs. People going out raving is kind of close to my heart. And that was no rave. Come on. <laughs> no, it I, wasn't. Queuing at I, a t- bar? Have you ever queued at a bar? You know, at a rave? Nah. Well, <laughs> it, it, there were two performances which I think were pretty good. Beth and Ben. I'm not going to bite all the mechanics, i.e. Steph went in to kiss Ben and Beth walked in at that moment. But the anguish that Ben displayed, that Ben Norris displayed playing Ben Archer, I believe that. And we know that him and Beth are going to be able to sort this out. But I went, you know what? This is... A continuous drama, i.e. a soap. There's some soapy tropes. I get it. But the rest of it, I struggled with. I struggled, Jacqueline. Oh, I, I'm feeling I'm feeling your pain there, Royfield. But But you enjoyed I think it. We, All right. well, Everybody's different. I, I, I take your word for it, right? I didn't hear anything else good. But I'm going to take a word for it. But let's hear what Panto Martin has to say, because he's somebody whose opinion I value. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Panto Martin here. Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. So this week has been Casey week. I feel so sorry for Ben. I can't believe that Beth would take on so, knowing how awful her sister Steph is. The selfishness knows no bounds. At least Ben can try and find a new girlfriend with a name that is different to his dog to save confusion. Come here, Bess. I mean, Bess. I mean, Bess. Come on. Exactly. What laughs we had about Adiel's trousers. Slapstick at its best. Obviously, there'll be something more to come from this, apart from Roy's blushes. But it did feel like I was in a Wallace the Grobbit cartoon. However... What heartwarming scenes with Chris and Alice, who are finally working together properly and doing the right thing by Martha. I hope this continues for the foreseeable future. At least that way we can get rid of whiny Alice. Still no joy, though. Please bring her back. I miss her lovely voice and positivity. I half expected her to turn up at the rave just to show Russ a thing or two. That's a bit worrying, isn't it, Russ? Mm. 
Not sure about him in Chelsea. Always gives me the creeps that he's going to try something on with somebody younger. Anyway, that's all from me. Have a week that's as fabulous as you are, everyone. Bye. I forgot about Chris and Alice. I was that discombobulated by the last week. I forgot about that storyline. And yes, we know how that's going to end up. It's going to end up with them getting back together. I will give that an unqualified thumbs up. All the rest over to you. Which I think is exactly how you predicted it months ago, weeks ago. Which is exactly how you predicted it weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say about what Panto Martin opined about? Because I'm just going to end up repeating myself ad nauseum. So you right. best well, take stop. control stop, of this Stop, mic. stop, stop. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll take over now. Russ. Let's talk about Russ. Russ is a... No, I'm not going to use the word pedophile. He is an abuser. <laughs> bi- <laughs> He's an abuser of young people. He is one of those those people that is a predator. And I didn't like when him and Chelsea, I, I, I feared for Chelsea when he was talking to her. I think he should get his comeuppance. I'm sorry. Didn't he give her some lessons or something or another? Some, there, was some, yeah. there was an interaction back last year with Russ and Chelsea. And uh, uh, I think it's a bit harsh to call him a paedophile. I think technically no. he's not, but he's <laughs> no. a wrong one. He's a wrong and he's abused his position as being a teacher for slash lecturer. He absolutely did that, right? Absolutely. Uh, he had a position of trust and he crossed certain boundaries, which you're not supposed to cross, but you can't call him a paedophile. Come on, Jacqueline. No, I can't call him a, a paedophile. And in fact, well, I'm you saying... You have, but you're just wrong. You're wrong. Well, yeah, That's okay. I, I accept I'm wrong, Roy Field. I'm, he's not a paedophile, technically. But, but he's a wrong. But he's a wrong one. He's abused the trust. He's a te- he was a teacher for goodness sake. Absolutely. What I did find interesting was the not too subtle arm twisting that Lily gave him, so you actually go to that rave. Though thank God Lily bumped into Sol at the rave. Oh yes, that was nice. Very nice. Uh mm. Uh, she she poo pooed the whole idea of being with him. She she bigged up Russ, but in fact, that's too cold to come. Did she mm. Did no, she? not really. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> it's a very interesting. I I like that storyline. It's an intrigue. It's a it's a bit of a happy story of young people with Russ on the side, <laughs> who's not a happy young person. Dare I say? I, th- I think the expression is off his tits isn't it? he just like it was he was just on <laughs> something terribly at that rate and i don't know whatever i'm just gonna say i'm gonna say nothing more but one thing i did notice was th- there was oh my days oh my days was was used three times and kirsty said that adil had to style it out so wow there was some modern urban vernacular thrown into the arches this week I'm sorry, I have, no, I have no connection with any urban vernacular. Is Oh My Days currently used? Because Oh My Days Absolutely. is a very... Really? Yeah, I, yeah. That's, oh that my surprises days. me. I was shocked. And I thought, oh God, thank God I'm not playing Archer's Vodka Drinker Bingo <laughs> uh, with Oh My Days <laughs> on my card. Because Oh My Days is one of those 1960s expressions from Immingham. <laughs> it's come back. It's come back if it ever went away. That's what the Ute Dem 
the youth dem on the street say oh my days but when oh. Percy said to style something out though I was like wow yeah that was that was very I, I actually talked to my 20 year old daughter who came back tonight and said what are you doing mum so I'm listening to the caller in and she said oh whatever happened to that woman who got stabbed by her husband and went to jail I had to think. No, oh my days. No, Emily. That was Helen <laughs> who, who stabbed her husband and went to jail. No, she didn't because she got out. But it was one of those really weird cross story lines. With, but it was. Well, you know what we should do now? Because the script says, as given to us from Philippa Hall, says, after two calls, then say, the best and easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to speakpipe.com forward slash dum-de-dum. Don't forget the T in the middle. And you will also find a link to it in the show notes. And we need your calls in by 6pm on Sunday UK time, despite the fact that neither of us are in the UK at the moment. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind that you need to be at least 18 to take part. Now, we need your help to keep this ramshackle podcast on the road. There's three things you can do. First off, if you haven't done so already, hit subscribe on whatever podcast you're listening to us on. And if you wouldn't mind, give us a five-star review. It'd be hugely, hugely, hugely appreciated. And finally, now this is the third thing, you could consider becoming a Patreon, just like Bernard debt hawks has done uh, patreon is a way of tipping us creators and there are different levels with different rewards so just go to patreon.com which is spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com and search for dumpty dum and we would chuffed to bits to have your support and again we would like to thank bernadette hawks who's joined the inner sanctum by coming a patreon this week now what when you become a patreon one of the rewards is that you will be able to get a ringside seat when we go and do our when we relaunch our friday zooms uh the first one we're going to throw that out to everybody anybody who listens to dump dump but then after that only those who give us their hard-earned shekel will get that link so that is one hell of an inducement thank you again to bernadette hawks and thank you to all the other patreons that means so much to us to have you behind us rooting for the podcast just like jazz's peaks now before we go back to our calls uh, don't forget you can send us an email if you don't fancy hearing your voice by going on to dumdydum.com and hitting contact us now next off we have rachel from brum i believe she's a new caller in Hi, this is Rachel from Brum, first time caller in a row. Looking back, I feel like normally they give us like around one romance storyline a year. And at the moment, they're teasing us with quite a few. So we've got Alistair and Denise, Kirsty and Ardil, and Chris and Alice, maybe will they, won't they get back together? And there's also Beth and Ben. Now we've got to wonder if they're going to get back together. So Alistair and Denise, I think they're playing the long game. I don't think that's going to be any time soon. I think Alistair's just starting to understand his feelings. Denise is still married. It's going to take a while to develop, and I'm I'm here for it. Kirsty and Ardil, that's going pretty fast, isn't it? So Kirsty's conversation with Helen about how she'd be quite up for it, that sounded a bit more prescient of finding out that he's married maybe more than them getting together after just only having flirted for about a week. Chris and Alice, I am all here for that. Beth and Ben, what a mess, what a mess. 
Oh dear, it feels like sort of, oh, what a mess. I just really feel for them. I love them as a couple so much. Totally disagreed with last week's Coralie and Aurora about Beth being a stereotype. I just, she's just the best character. But I'm just wondering, is it that it was kind of difficult to convey on radio or did Ben kiss back? Because Steph started kissing him. He said, Steph, no, stop. And then she went and she obviously started kissing him again, kind of made a mmm noise and he kind of made a mmm noise. And then Beth walked in. So there was sort of time for him to push her away, you know? Or had he actually started kissing her? What do you think? What do you think, Royfield? I think the, the poor boy was stifled. Like that was the kind of like get off, you know, his mouth was, was full of somebody else's tongue. That's what he wasn't. He wasn't kissing back. He, he was. I agree. Yeah. I agree. He was. He was just shocked by the whole thing. Exactly. Exactly. But for Beth then to walk in at that moment, like it's like, come on now. The conceit uh, of this show is that we're all supposed to be Radio Four listeners, so we we all think it ain't true, but we all think we're smarter than the average cookie, and that was some on the nose writing that I think it was a little bit beneath us. I was like, come on, you know, we need the setup to be a little bit more complex than that. I just don't know. No, 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 no. I'll say no more. I'll say no more. But I, I, I agree with you to a certain extent. I'm not sure about how I feel about a Radio 4 listener, but as I am a Radio 4 listener. But, so you say um, that we are smarter than the average cookie. I say we like no, to think not- that we are. You like to think that, uh, yeah, but I'm not sure that we even think that. I'm always kind of... I, oh, well, yes, we do. Mm. Yes, we do. Well, maybe we think do. Of the, but, think, think of the output of Radio What about 4? Radio 3? Well, no, think about Radio 3 listeners. They know they're the smarter there you than go. us. They know they are. They are. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah. So maybe yeah, Radio 4, we think we are. Rachel mm, I'm listening. from Brum. Yes. Thank you very much. A first time yes. caller in I remember when I made my first time caller in and it was awesome to hear my own voice. Horrible, but awesome to hear it. And thank you for your views because, in fact, I agree with everything you said. Oh, Brums. Rachel, <laughs> when you call in next, tell us which bit of Brum you call in a ring from. When I I'm won't in understand Brum. it, and he will. <laughs> Well, I'll give you a geography lesson, don't worry. The best oh, people good. in Birmingham, I think you'll find Rachel, are from Erdington, just saying. All right, now, <laughs> moving on from that, next, it's a, a somewhat of a blast from the past. It's our Drew from Hamilton oh, via oh, Tokyo. Wow. Hello to everyone at Dumpty Dum Towers. This is Drew calling in with a report from the Tokyo branch office. Royfield, it's really great to have you back. And Jacqueline, it's nice to meet you. I do want to especially call out my fellow Canadian Dumpty Dummers and say Happy Canada Day. I'll also say Happy Canada Day to the Americans, even though they celebrated a few days late for some reason, and give it the wrong name. Anyway, on to the archers. This week, I couldn't help but roll my eyes at Steph's explanation of what had happened with Ben. He was being friendly to me, she said. That must mean that he wanted to get together with me. This is an extremely common refrain to hear, but usually it's from overconfident and misguided young men, and I was a little bit surprised to hear it from Steph. Because as she's an attractive young woman, I'm sure that she's been on the receiving end of someone mistaking simple friendliness for flirtation. I guess good on her for being as overly confident as a young man. 
Besides that, a couple of topics have been getting attention on the Ambridge Reddit for a while. Number one, whether Adil is too good to be true and is hiding some shady secret. And number two, whether Kirsty will end up in a relationship with him. Now, my plea to the powers that be is this. Please let it be one or the other. I don't even care which, but don't let it be both because poor Kirsty has been through enough. Finally, one last note for this week. More of Russell on Ecstasy, please. That was fantastic. All right, everybody, have a good week. Enjoy the show. Thanks a lot. Bye. I normally agree with everything that Drew from Hamilton says via Tokyo, but like the Russ on Ecstasy wasn't for me, was not for me. But anyway, I'm not saying anything else negative about the docudrama that I love. So Jacqueline, <laughs> fill your boots. The mic is yours. Well, thank you, Drew. Uh, I'm glad you're well and surviving life in Tokyo, which must be pretty humid at this time of the year. Happy Canada Day to you. Love that little reference to the USA. Sorry to the USA listeners. Kirsty, I said our deal will turn out to be a an axe murderer. I said that two weeks ago. <laughs> Everybody shot me down, but she never has. She's never lucky in love. I don't wish it on her, but he is. He's very too good to be true. <sighs> Our deal. So, hey-ho. And Linda Easy doesn't though. like him, and I trust my Linda. Is he, though? Is he too good? He's no, too he's lovely. He's, too, he's very he's smooth. Just, but... You know, mm. I don't think he's a, an axe murderer, but he is too smooth for me. <laughs> too smooth. Yeah, but maybe he'll be a good. T- he'll turn out good for the village. I keep hoping. I'm. I'm ever an optimist. Me. He will Listen, turn out me good too. For, she. She. Me too. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I know you are. And, Listen. Um, if I, if I wasn't an optimist, I wouldn't have got through the last week of listening to the archers. I was like, you know, <laughs> there has to be. There has to be light at the end of the tunnel. All right, now, here's someone who's always a ray of sunshine and positivity. It's our Claire from Clapham. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. I just want to ring in with a theory about, well, Steph Casey mainly, but not just Steph, more of a broader theory about that. I think there's a part of perception that the Caseys, um, especially people like Steph, have been brought into the Archer's appeal to a younger demographic. And I don't think it is like that. I don't think Steph is particularly atypical of a particular type of you know person who is an instagram influencer or whatever but i can't help but feel like steph and especially especially all the rave what was that about is sort of pandering to an older audience who want to feel superior to the youth of today it just feels like there are some decent young people in the arches don't get me wrong and i do feel like poor ben has been slightly wronged but yeah i don't know it's just like I don't think that, like, Steph is going to make young people want to listen to The Archers, but it is going to make a lot of older listeners think, oh, my God, that Instagram generation are awful, which I sort of not entirely feel already, but I think it panders to those prejudices, basically. So I don't think it's anything about a new demographic, and people are barking up the wrong tree with that. Anyway, that's my theory, and uh, keep up the good work. I'll speak to you soon. There you go. I says she's a, it's a ray of sunshine and positivity, but she slapped me down. It's not about trying to get a new demographic. It's about us old duffers, basically. Yeah, I think I agree with Claire. 
There you go. I said that earlier. I thought it was more about uh, trying to piss off the older people rather than. Well, sorry, wasn't supposed. Wasn't not supposed to say that. <laughs> it's a family podcast. Instead a of using podcast, sorry, instead of Ooh. using the word piss, is there not another word you could use there, Jacqueline? Yes, I would try again. So we can cut this out. Give umbrage um, to us older uh, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes, instead of trying to cheese off those older listeners uh, by adding younger people, I agree with Claire. I think they're separating older, younger, making a separation between us. And uh, it's nothing to do with whether we like, whether we we are young or old, but it's just all about getting, getting it sorted, getting it. What am I trying to say? I don't know, but I'm, I'm here for the ride. Go on. You finish, you finish your thought, Mrs. I'm trying to finish my thought, but in fact, I, I got distracted by something on my screen. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> People do know that we're recording this at half, nearly 11 o'clock at night, and I've been up since five o'clock. Crikey. And you were out at a rave the night before. <laughs> yeah, and I got in at three o'clock yesterday. Raving, that's what it's all about. Anyway, mm. no, Claire from Clapham, I completely agree with her. I think the older audience thing, we're pan- mm. pandering to the younger audience, but we're not really. Not trying to attract the younger audience, but we're definitely trying to cheese off and make the older audience think that we hate the younger audience. <laughs> you got there in the end. Right. <laughs> that Claire from Clapham dealt with. We have our very last caller in a and his caller in a royalty, as is Claire from Clapham, to be fair. But this is with a spoon from the upper lower east west side in New York. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Roy Field, Jacqueline, and all dumpty dummers around the world. It's with Spoon and Angus Haggis here, wishing everyone a happy 4th of July. These days, probably both sides of the pond are celebrating the separation of our two nations. On to two Ambridge couples currently dealing with their own separation issues. First, the millennials, Alice and Chris. We're truly relieved and happy that this week their war of words has ceased, and they've been getting along like two peas in a pod. Most, including our hosts, believe that they'll be getting back together. I would certainly celebrate that, but only if both Alice and Chris are truly happy being in a relationship with each other and that it supports Alice's continuing sobriety. Alice is now fully engaged in motherhood, but marriage to Chris has seemed to constrict her over the years and prevent her from reaching her full potential. As fans of Into the Woods, which I saw this weekend, know a happy ending depends on what point in the story you're reading, watching, or listening to. So let's wait till the next act of their story. Now, on to our Gen Zers, Ben and Beth. We're all very sad that they broke up as they're both very good people and made a nice couple. But remember, Ben is only 20 years old. For him, at this point in his life, to meet his one and only, and for them to live happily ever after, again referencing Into the Woods, is pretty unlikely. Ben should have been more supportive of Beth as she dealt with her sister. He should have also picked up on the cues and maintained his distance from Steph. So Ben has some maturing to do, and Beth has to figure out her trust issues. I think they'll go out and lead their separate lives and then get back together in a couple of years. The scriptwriters are playing the long game here. Talk to you soon. Thank you for that, Mr. Spoon. 
Right. You'll be in all positive. So there you go. There's a call for you to dissect and to answer. Thank you, Royfield. Thank you, Witherspoon. I agree. It's quite a relief that Alice and Chris are kind of not fighting anymore. But will they be truly happy? Mm. It's not a fairy tale world, as you say, in Into the Woods. It's all about fairy tales and the future and how we get out of it and how we go forward. But I don't think she can remain sober and in a good relationship with Chris because there are difficulties in their relationship, as with the spoon referred to. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I think surely the message of their relationship is to show that relationships can go through mishaps, problems, and couples can come out the stronger for it, and that they can support each other, but also give each other the space to grow and and to develop as well. Chris has learned, hasn't he, how, or he's learning, but he's learning how to support Alice through her addiction issues and to give her the space to confront them on her own terms, but then also to know that she's still there and that's not going to harm and jeopardise her position as the mother to, to their child. And then also, I think Alice has appreciated the role that Chris played in being the steady parent, shall we say, when Martha was born, when she wasn't capable of. And she's appreciating the fact, and you said as much, you know, he would take a bullet for did he say take a bullet or die for one or the other? I can't remember. You know, yeah, he definitely so I, said that he would die for uh, yeah, Martha. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she said, you know. So, you know, so they're appreciating their love for Martha as mother and father. And I think through that, then they're appreciating that the family that they have. Yeah, and I think, well, maybe, yes, you're right, that as they, as a more mature couple, they've been together for years, quite a few years, in comparison to the Ben-Beth story, because they're young. I mean, Ben's only 20, and I've got a 20-year-old, you know, in a first relationship. I don't say it to her, but, you know, this isn't the relationship that you're going to go forward with into the next, for the next 40 years. I hope she doesn't because you need a more a variety in your life. But yeah, between I th- it's been played very well. That's one of the things I liked about this week that you obviously hated, Royfield, is that there's a comparison between the good, solid, possible future and the mm, not. But if you've been hurt, like Beth has been hurt, mm, could you really get over that? Could you really carry on? If you're asking me personally... I'm going to say yes, because as Ben said, he didn't cause the hurt to Beth before. I forget exactly how he put it, but it was worse to that effect. So he's been judged by the actions of somebody else. Now, I fully appreciate that people get hurt emotionally. But as Ben says, you know me. She also does know her sister. Don't get me wrong. You're going to walk in and see your boyfriend in a clinch with your sister and your brain is going to explode. No one's expecting to see that. So her initial reaction completely get, I completely understand even a second and a third reaction. But then when the dust has settled and she goes, wait on a minute, right? Ben has rung me how many times? A thousand, as she said, I know what my sister is like, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 
you know, don't believe the evidence of your those lying eyes type of thing. You know, look at all the other evidence. Yeah. And I think me personally, I, I'd, I'd have given him the benefit of the doubt because he very obviously is, is contrite, not even contrite, he's like indignant that he didn't do anything. Well, yeah, you, she knows her sister, but it's family, as old Vince said. It's, it's the family. We support the family. We stick together. But also, she's been hurt before. She doesn't trust. Oh. She has to trust issues. So, hey, They're hey, young. I'm not, They're young. Uh, maybe they'll get back together, as, Roy, as Witherspoon said. They could move on and get back together later on. But they're young now. They need to just spread their wings a bit. Mm. Mm. No, 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 no. They're a good couple. I want them to be together forever. Together you forever. You are romantic, Hugh. Romantic Roy Field. That's what we should have said at the beginning. I totally am. That I'll, I will definitely wear that hat. Now, that's the end of the calls, but we actually have some emailed in us this week first one is from pete ransom and it's on the subject of twins in ambridge and editorial decisions and an observation on raves this is a hunch but after the discussion last week with regards to all the twins in ambridge being male female and male setting aside the amount of twins ambridge seems to have for a second I suspect the reason why they always seem to be male-female is simply down to future casting and differentiation between the character voices. If the twins were the same gender, then it stands to reason their vocal sound would be very similar, this leading to this confusion. With regards to the amount of twins in Ambridge, again a hunch, but it could be a way to push up the population of characters more rapidly without having multiple pregnancy storylines well that's my two pennies anyway good luck to ha- good to have you back royfield it's from pete in west beach brighton oh he's got a ps as well i don't think the script writers have ever been to a rave a bar <laughs> and toilets that, hey, uh, i'm gonna put in brackets i thought that too uh, and asking the dj to change the tunes seriously Last rave I went to was in a farm. No, this is him, not me. Last rave I went to was in a farmer's access tunnel under the M40 in Warwickshire, not a portaloo or a bar in sight. And the idea of asking the DJ to change the tunes, no, just no. Couldn't agree with you more, sir. The next email is from Julia. Which is so lovely. Thank you, Julia, for sending us a message after we talked about you so voraciously last week. Hi, Royfield and Jacqueline. I hope you are both having a lovely Monday. So well, you can tell it's Sunday now. I'm Sunday evening late, and we're both an hour later than in England. And a better week than last week, Jacqueline. Thank you. I'm Julia from Manchester, who called in yesterday. And after listening to yesterday's podcast, I'd be more than happy to occasionally appear as a young person's perspective on Dumpty Dum. In fact, it would be an honour. Wow. I also grew up in a small village, and I think it makes me feel safe and comfortable, as I can imagine some of the conversations happening at home. Other than this, I studied English Lit at university, and my dissertation was on fandoms and fan culture, so I can add that element to if needed. Wow. She gave us two kisses, one for you, one for me. Two X's on the end of that. Oh, yes, that's true. I didn't see that. 
Mm. We've been like festooned with messages. You know, we have a positive embarrassment because there's another one from Jackie Beasley. She says, hello, Jacqueline and Royfield. I thought I'd put in a quick bid for the young person's presence on Dumpty Dum on the off chance that you really would like submissions. My name is Jesse Beasley from Seattle, Washington. I'm non-binary, pronouns they and them, and I'm a dual citizen, but I've never lived in England. I'm 28 turning 29 in August and a new Archers fan listener. And I actually just started listening regularly three years ago or so. I, I do, in fact, now know what a social media influencer is. I've been on TikTok, Instagram and the like, but I'm not fluent in social media. I hope that is a good introduction. And I appreciate all the work that you put into the podcast. You too put into the podcast. It really is the highlight of my week. So we've got Jesse and Julia, the two J's. Do you think we should get them on in a couple of weeks? What do you reckon, Jacqueline? I think we should get them on. For a 53-year-old and a 63-year-old, we definitely need to get those younger people on. Now, we need to, like, crack on because we've asked people for their input this week. Now, it's reviews from iTunes. This week, we had two. And this one is entitled Return of the Royf. He's back. The original Archer's podcast godfather, Royfield Brown, has returned after a self-imposed exile, refreshed and abridged. He doesn't always deliver on his campaign promise of keeping the pod under an hour. Oh, come on now. One went like one hour and three minutes. But discussions on superheroes and the road system of the West Midlands are kept to a minimum. Jacqueline Berto adds some Anglo-Gallic charm supported by Corlerina of Royalty Witherspoon, rising star Panto Martin and many more. And that's from Skyser UK over there in Great Britain. Thank you, Skyser. We have another review, Restored to its Old Self. With its new time limit, it's less rambling. Great to hear Royfield again, and Jacqueline is a fabulous addition, but the community makes this show. Jeff from JRNK. Absolutely, it's it's all about the community, not about us. Exactly, because we are the People's Podcast. And don't forget, folks, we'll always read out your reviews. And that's just another way you can contribute to the whole good ship that is Dumpty Dum. What has our Facebook group been talking about this week? Let's find out as we sit back for the round of the goings on in the Dumpty Dum Facebook group with our Sue, Queen or Tart. Well, hello, everyone. Sue here, Queen or Tart, for the second time today. And socials for this week. Clearly, other people understand raving so much more than I do. And Mary Brady Mills asked if someone could provide a track list. Our Stephen Bowden suggested Better Off Alone by Alice DJ. And Elizabeth Burney, or Byrne, I'm not sure which, said, I love the way the background music reflects the story. So clever. John McGee said, yes, I think I heard Children by Robert Miles in there too. And Joe Florick said, I haven't heard it yet, but someone mentioned it had Sandstorm by Darude. I'm really showing my age at this point. Benjamin Kevin said, yes, Sandstone by Darude, Darude, whatever they were called, featured, but oh my gosh, that was not an illegal rave. It was a retro night. Not to mention that it was so underground and off the grid that Ruth Archer got wind of it and tried to get the Rossers to shut it down. Well, I'm delighted other people enjoyed it. Changing the subject, Guy Williams asked, will Ben and Beth get back together? Karen Cunningham said, and reflected what a lot of people said, do or don't, just make it quick. Witherspoon said it'll be two years. Deborah Jean Miller said the issue is that Beth returns, so will her awful sister. 
And Michael Rowan added, Sister is perfect for Josh. Deborah then replied, Maybe, but only if all conversations are off air. Oh, I so would love that. Kate Lyle said, I hate that they're trying to make us forget that Russ is a creepy teacher who hit on a student, destroyed her chances of a university education, sponged off her mother, caused a debt collector to turn up at her home, didn't do anything about finding a job while she took two jobs, helping run Lower Loxley and doing telesales, and he drifted about getting in the way and hanging the occasional picture. Martin Evans said, yeah, but besides that, he's a great guy. Estelle Perdita Pemberton said, yes, will he get his Day of Atonement? And Bronwyn Hansen said, I very much doubt Russ will atone for his previous behaviour. I do, however, hope he gets his comeuppance. Fiona Crawford said, his lecce past was at the front of my mind when he was talking to Chelsea. Ooh, that was all a bit ooh, yes. Kevin Winter said, as a teacher myself, I desperately want him to get his just desserts. Vile, self-centred, manipulative git that he is. And Jules Jules said, not enjoying the arches at the moment, feels like I'm listening to Hollyoaks, or getting a bit silly. Uh, Jan Mitchell reflected that with, I rarely get frustrated by the writing in the arches, but today I wanted to scream at my phone. Why do the scriptwriters always want to yank our chains like this? Sometimes I just want to hear about rewilding, or the cider club, or Joe's horse. Debbie Bridger said, I think it's getting a bit Hollyoaks. Has Phil Redman been on the production team? Hmm. Stephen Bowden was good enough to share Charlotte Higgins in today's Guardian, her roundup of Ambridge for the month, which is brilliant. It made me laugh. And the final one for this week was Keith Rawlins saying, Tonight confirmed why I never stay in a B&B, especially Ambridge Hall. Being given a curfew at my age is a big no-no. Witherspoon said, If you go to a B&B in the States, they're commercial establishments with a small number of staff people. There are no such rules. You're given a key code to let yourself in if the door is locked. Adil is a long-term renter of a room. He should be given a key and allowed to come and go as he pleases. And Keith Rawlins said, Adil is a long-term boarder. will have laundry issues. Does Linda offer to do his washing? Another good reason for a hotel with a list of laundry service, 24-7 room service, a bar, a restaurant with a choice of meals. Staying in someone else's home limits your choice and freedoms. A decent hotel is far more attractive. Before anyone says about the personal touch, don't forget how welcoming Linda is being. Sniff. Well, at least Kirsty could tumble dry his trousers. Come on over to the Facebook page and join us. Whether you've been listening for a week or 40 years, you will be very welcome. I hope you all have a lovely week. Stay safe and well. Thank you, Sue. And thank you, everybody who's posted their thoughts on our Facebook page group and quite simply just type in dum dum on facebook you could well be on the podcast we have new members to big up and to thank yes this week we've welcomed new members to our facebook group genevieve and Holmes, johnny grant chloe schlow anisco carmel golding leslie mcclellan sally wood jill martin hillary snell blair stanaway Diana Davies, Sue Gardiner, and Scarlett Hoskins. We're also on Twitter under at dumdydum, dumtdum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A, so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, the hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet along. Also, try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet so more people get to see get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. As well as at Dumpty Dum on Twitter, 
you can also find because i've read the script as well as at dumb Dumb on twitter i am lost to the ether Um, and i'm at jack jberto sanguin and uh, now if we're talking about twitter let's do tweet of the week hello royfield jacqueline and dumpty dumbers everywhere it's purple pumpkin here with a selection of tweets of the week with thanks as ever to those of you sending at dumpty dum your selection of notable tweets my nomination for must see twitter feed this week goes to sometime tweeter of the week at nine n-y-n-z-i who finds a suitable picture for every occasion this time Ramon Casas' 1899 painting, A Decadent Girl, as her response to hearing about the Casey sisters. Next to my medal winners. In bronze position, it's old favourite Ian, at Brutha Ian, with this Q&A. What's the fire brigade doing here? I'm not sure, but I think he's got his hose out prematurely. In silver, it's Charlotte Morgan, at Cornwall Shah, who noted... Let me read your palm is basically up there with showing me your etchings, isn't it? But then a yell of take your trousers off after five minutes is a good success rate. And in gold, on the same topic, Lord John Dalton of Zermatt in Wallace at John Dalton 6011 says, I see a tall, dark stranger with his trousers off. That's it for this week. See you all at the next tweet along. Thank you for that purple pumpkin. As always, a rather funny. Round up some of the best tweets which have been put out under the hashtag The Archers. Don't forget you can also follow us on Instagram where we're at Dumbly Dum. You can follow us there and you can actually see some of the team. Yeah, even photographs. Yes, indeed. Well, that's what it's all about, isn't it, Instagram? Thanks as ever to our, all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy V. Freeman, and to P and Q, who held the baton for so many months last year. Boom. What, what do young people say when they're saying goodbye? Laters. There you go. Laters in it. 